Welcome to Mom's Life Made Simple, the podcast for moms who want to go from chaos to calm, from overwhelmed to organized, and to find balance between family responsibilities and personal growth. I'm your host, Chanel Nielsen. Let's make mom life simple. Hello and welcome to the Mom's Life Made Simple podcast. I'm your host, Chanel Nielsen, and I'm joined today by Annika Carroll. Annika, I'm so glad to be with you and learn from you today. Thank you so much, Chanel, for having me. I'm super excited about the conversation. Yeah. Well, Annika is the perfect person to bring on and have this conversation with because she is a women's sleep and help coach who helps people get quality and not just anyone really. She particularly helps ambitious women to get quality sleep again so they can keep up with their kids and their jobs and avoid burnout. And I just think this is such an interesting um, niche and thing to help people with. I would love to start off with you telling us a little bit more about how you got into that and then anything else we should know about you. Okay. Well, how did I get into that? I actually used to work in human resources, believe it or not, I have a business background originally at J&J corporate for 15 years, had a baby that was a very traumatic experience in my case. And after that, went back to work and burnt myself up completely. Mm -hmm. And I was just like, nothing was working anymore. And then the weirdest thing that I went through was that experience that even though I was burnt out, I couldn't sleep. My body was craving rest like I couldn't get but I couldn't sleep at night I was just bright awake and then I started digging with doctors with therapists with naturopathic people it was just I was all over the place and nobody really made progress until I found somebody in more the functional health space um and I kind of learned how the body like works from a bigger perspective holistically what things work together and against each other And then I dug into that and got myself back on track. And I was like, you know, sleep for me was always my superpower. I've always been somebody who slept a lot, um, but I was, I had energy during the day. I was go, go, go. And it was all good. And that was gone. And I was like, no, I need to get back to that. And for that sleep needs to be on point. And then I just noticed that so many other people And specifically women struggle with that. And then I went into the field of nutrition first, because I was always like food really heals the body is my belief still is. And so what we eat really makes a big difference, but that kind of wasn't it. And then I was kind of like, you know what? No, I'm going to go that sleep route and that burnout route because A, it's my story and B, I know it's so many other women's stories too, which I'm seeing every day. Yeah. Oh, I think I always think that's the most interesting thing to hear how people got into this. And so often it's exactly what you said. It's because that's what we we become the person that we needed back Mm -hmm. then, you know, and like, oh, if only there was, you know, future me to help past me. And then you become that person to other people. I love what you all said also that sleep was your superpower. Let's expand on that a little bit. So you felt like you were a good sleeper back in the day. Actually, it's funny that you say that. Yes, I did. I was the one who I could really give it all day. I could go to work. I was there early. I would give it all day. I was super successful. I would hit the gym at night. I would go home and I would pass out. The second I hit the pillow, I was done. I woke up 30 minutes before the alarm and this just kept going and I was feeling great. I had no idea that that was actually not super healthy sleep. Oh, okay. From that 
behavior that I was having, but it was just, I felt rested. I had energy and it was more these night wakings, this like get waking up at two in the morning and not being able to fall back asleep that almost like that almost really killed me in the end. And I was like, this is just wrong. It, and it is wrong. Um, because you want that energy, right? You want to be up in the morning, not dragging your feet around, not living of coffee and sugar to make it through the day. Um, yeah. And for that, the sleep just needs to be on point. Yeah. Okay. I definitely, we are going to talk about how to, how to do that because I think that what you just said, so many people like don't see sleep as their superpower. And they're like, I'm just not a good sleeper. End of story. Not much I can do. And I imagine just from hearing what you just said, that there are things we can do and that, that it's hopeful. So good. We'll make sure to talk about that. Let's kind of take a step back and talk about the why. So why does sleep matter so much? Well, sleep matters on a million different in a million different ways. I think the the one is, or something that you hear a lot about is longevity. We want to be healthy. We don't want to get cardiovascular disease. We don't, don't want to become obese. We don't want to have strokes. We don't want to get Alzheimer's, all these things, dementia, all these things, mental health, physical health is linked to sleep. So there is, there's a lot of studies. It's not saying necessarily that if you are sleep deprived, you will get X, Y, and Z disease, but all these diseases, if they've looked at studies and have looked at patients, see that the people who are sleep deprived have a lot more trouble with a lot of these diseases. Dementia being like, I'm a huge advocate for mental health, um, dementia, depression, anxiety, all these being super affected if you don't sleep because your system isn't regulated because you're constantly stressed because that's when we actually calm down. Um, the other one I find for parents, um, that's one of my biggest ones, emotional regulation. And we all know it from our children, right? You know, if they've had a bad night, you're like in the mornings, you're like, oh my God, it's starting with the temper tantrums. Okay. They just didn't get a good night's sleep. We're going to have a nap in the afternoon. Everything's going to be better. Yeah. And it is. And we don't treat ourselves that way. But that's what happens in a child's brain overnight, that regulating emotions, consolidating memory, just reliving kind of what you've experienced happens for us too and there's studies that show that parents who are sleep deprived just yell 52 percent more of the time than parents who are not sleep deprived because it's we didn't regulate our emotions we're on edge and we just there's nothing we can do about it. but that's why sleep i think is so important to have yourself in check and to be able to give better to your family and, and everybody else around you. Yeah. Oh, so much gold in there that you just shared, especially that last part. If you find yourself being a yelly mom and you don't want to be, take a step back and look at your sleep. And the, the way you tied that all in is just beautiful because we do see it with our kids. I, you know, my, our baby is six and we often see, because I also have teenagers, uh, when we all stay up too late, it's too late for him, right? It's probably mm -hmm. fine for everyone else, but it's too late for a six-year-old mm -hmm. to be staying up, but he wants to be up because the big kids are up. And I see this happening, but how often, you know, do I also say 
that's why I'm grumpy with the kids. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes we notice it and sometimes we don't. And mm-hmm. so I think too often we are seeing it play out with our children, but we don't recognize it in ourselves. Mm-hmm. Now, can you define for us what sleep deprivation really means? Like where are there, is it a certain number? Is it bio-individual? You know, what? how do we know whether we're sleep deprived or not? Well, if we're people, if we're somebody who sleeps enough, technically, like the standard recommendation that they give is seven to eight hours, but that is just like a standard recommendation. If you get that amount of sleep regularly and you cannot make it through the day well without caffeine, without any kind of boosters, but you just hit a wall and you like, I have no energy left, I can't do it, you're definitely sleep deprived. If you're somebody who cannot fall asleep within, um, I would say 30 minutes, you and you cannot make that up during in the morning because you can't sleep in that extra time, you're likely going to be sleep deprived. And if you're somebody who has multiple wakings or one big waking at night, like the classic is the two o'clock in the morning or three o'clock in the morning, and then you lay there for an hour and a half and can't fall back asleep, you're likely also sleep deprived. And how much sleep do I need is very individual. I would say most people do well on seven to eight hours. Some people need more. Like I personally do really well on nine. Um, I can do eight, but nine is like the, the sweet spot. Yeah. There are very few people who actually do well on six. Like if they're actually honest with themselves, yeah, yeah no, and not long-term and not sustainably. Um, and if you actually get to like the 10 hours, then I would say that's probably too long. Like you might have come through a phase if we're taking moms, right? You were maybe you had a baby, you were definitely sleep deprived because you were, you had night wakings with the baby, you might've been feeding and you eventually get to maybe catch up a little once that's kind of all through the through the toughest phases, then yeah, you might need that, but you're kind of trying to catch up. But on a regular basis, you should be somewhere, I would say between that seven and nine hour window. Okay. Okay. So, and then just, so general recommendation, you're saying what we usually hear seven to eight or even nine. And then within that, you're going to know based on how you're getting through the day. So there yeah. is, there is, you know, in bio-individuality, I guess is the word that, yeah. you know, people have a little bit different. Okay. So circling back to what you said earlier, we've got 2 a.m., you know, wake-ups. We've got sometimes laying there and not being able to fall asleep, as well as something you said earlier that I'm really curious about, which is um, you would, your head hits the pillow when you fall right asleep and then you wake up before your alarm. That sounds, that sounds really good to me, but you're saying that is not even ideal. So talk to me. I want to go into all of these just Mm -hmm. issues people have with sleep and then the other side, like the solution. So you have this issue, then what? Okay. So maybe let's pick the one. Why is that not ideal? If I hit the pillow and I'm out and I can sleep anywhere. I used to go like business travel on a plane and we hadn't even taken off and I'd be asleep. And (laughs) and people were so jealous. Those are just signs of exhaustion. That is actually a sign of sleep deprivation. If you can hit the pillow and you're out, you just didn't get enough sleep and you're just really tired. Um, If you then wake up before the alarm, depending on your, how much you've slept. Like these days, I don't use an alarm anymore. I wake up naturally, but I know I have enough time in my schedule. So to say that I go to bed early enough 
that I can sleep however long and the body's kind of figures itself out within half an hour over time. And I just naturally wake up, but I'm not exhausted. But back in the day, while I was on my go, go, go um, schedule, that was anxiety. Mm, okay. It's like, yeah. And I'm even up and that was 30 minutes before the alarm. So I'm actually already 30 minutes ahead of my day. Um, yeah. Which, which was like, and that might not be the case for everybody, but in my case, it for sure was that it was this, oh, I had this, I just need to get going. So I might as well, my body just has the stress response in the morning. Yeah. In I'm, feel, I'm feeling way. found out a little bit here because that <laughs> does happen to me. Um, with, and I won't go into too many details here, but I have been working and sometimes I have 6am meetings and I want to get up before and do my morning routine. And what happens is there's a, it is anxiety. Like I'm like, did I get up early enough? Because Mm -hmm. it's an earlier time than normal. So at 3am, 4am, I'm looking at the clock, waking up to make sure. And then I wake up before my alarm, but yes, it is not, it's a, it's not a restful thing. It's an anxious thing. It is. And you might have that too. I used to have that when I did, when I worked at corporate and I had to travel quite a bit and it was always these super early morning flight, the 620 in the morning flight. And you had to get up at four to make the tax at 4 30 it'd be like yeah you're up at three it's like yeah. yeah I can't miss the can't miss the flight no you have three alarms you're likely fine to sleep till four but yeah so that's yeah. one of the things okay the other things that are like the falling asleep is a big one and the staying asleep but they could they can be similar but they can also be very different so the if you cannot fall asleep at night you're like you're staring at the bedroom ceiling it's like your whole to-do list is in your head um that is a very common one. One of the reasons um, often is that we have given everything all day to everybody but ourselves. If we don't ever take time during the day to be quiet, and I'm not talking half an hour meditation, I'm talking five minutes for yourself with a cup of tea, 10 pages of your favorite book, not scrolling social media, not talking to a best friend on the phone, but actually something quiet and not so much input. If we don't do these things, um, that's the first time at night when it's quiet and your brain's going to start processing everything you did during the day. That's just its first opportunity to do so. So we kind of need to give more opportunity during the day to do that. Um, to have the brain be able to just feel safe and be calm and quiet at night and just let us sleep. Another thing can be, if you're somebody, I see that with women a lot, who don't eat properly all day. That might be because we've started to put on weight or it might just be because we were so stressed and we were so busy and we're just running everybody around and there was just no time. And then the first meal, proper meal we actually have is dinner. Then our body has a ton of energy that it wants to use and depending how close dinner is to bedtime then it might be that your body's just like you know what you just gave me the energy that I wanted all day that I didn't have that I used my stress hormones for and now I actually have energy so now let's go yeah (laughs) like no now I'm actually ready to go to bed so that is one those are two big ones for not being able to fall asleep for waking up in the middle of the night can be lots of things um I see it often that it is a liver thing That's a classic, also comes out of Chinese medicine. The the liver is most active overnight. 
like it helps us all day, but at night it really detoxifies the body. All these things that we've inhaled, ingested, put on our skin during the day needs to get, um, yeah, needs to get cleared out and so the body can get rid of it. And that happens overnight. And if our livers are overburdened, which happens more often than we think from stress, from nutrition, if we're not eating well, like lots of processed foods, alcohol, sugars, those kinds of things. Eventually the body's like, you know, there's so much here, stop, like I can't. And that wakes you up because that raises cortisol at night because your toxicity levels go up. Another thing that is actually quite common, it sounds a bit gross, but it is more common than you think, are parasites. I have so many clients who have a parasite and they are nocturnal. So they eat and digest and whatnot at night. So if people have this frequent night waking, those are the first two things I would look at. Is there a liver problem? Do we have a parasite? Any other gut issues? Um, And another thing that kind of ties in with the, what have you been eating throughout the day is blood sugar. If you are not eating well during the day and you're not keeping your blood sugar stable and you're somebody who runs for the quick donut or the latte with syrup just to have some energy, you're constantly spiking your blood sugar and that drops. And then you spike it again because you get tired and you're like, oh no, I need some caffeine or I need some cookie or a muffin or something. Then you spike your blood sugar again and it's going to drop down again. And if we don't keep our blood sugar somewhat stable during the day, it won't be stable overnight. So it will really plummet. And it's normally your two to 4 a.m., And if that happens, your body's like, oh my God, I'm dying. I don't have energy. I literally, that's why. So what does it do? It raises cortisol, our stress hormone, to give us that energy and to wake us up. And to wake us up. And then we're we're literally screwed because then there's so much cortisol in the system that takes about an hour to an hour and a half to be metabolized for us to be able to fall asleep. And then that's why we have this two, three o'clock in the morning and you're like, oh my God. And now it's like five o'clock. Am I even going to go back to sleep or am I just going to get up? Yeah. Ah, this is fascinating. That's so interesting to me. There's so much in there that I just, first of all, didn't know and find so interesting. And it's also so hopeful to me because it's like, okay, there are things that we can do because I think, For me, sleep is just this magical thing that happens every night. And I don't quite, I I haven't put together the pieces. I know a few things, um, you know, that help me get ready for sleep, that help Mm -hmm. me be more prepared. But I think for me, not connecting all of those things that I'm doing in the day to then, you know, the self-care piece, the nutrition piece, the blood sugar levels, all those things, they do play a role in sleep. And that is hopeful because it's not, it isn't just this magical thing. There are things we can do to prioritize sleep and, you know, make sleep a priority, even when we're not in going to sleep throughout the day. If we say, okay, I'm going to do these things so that I can sleep well. So I want to shift gears here a little bit. Well, before I do that, one quick question, because you said hitting when your, your head hits the pillow and you fall right asleep, that means you're exhausted. When you lay there and it takes you a long time to go to sleep, that means you haven't calmed down enough. What's the sweet spot? What, how do we kind of know like, okay, this, I'm doing things right here. I wouldn't, if it, even if it takes you up to half an hour to fall asleep, I wouldn't stress about it. Okay. Okay. I I wouldn't, it's not, that's normally 
some people take longer, some people don't take as long, but that it shouldn't be longer than that. Okay. So uh, above a half an hour, we should be kind of, you know, looking at, looking Looking at things. Yeah. Okay, cool. Okay. And so let's talk a little bit about rest because you are both a sleep and a rest coach. So how can we make rest a bigger priority? Um, yeah, I think the first thing really is to understand what you just said. It's this, your bedtime routine starts in the morning. All the things you do throughout the day add up and will either pay into your account of being able to go asleep or you're like withdrawing from that account. Um, So really this making yourself a priority, coming from that mindset of my cup needs to be full and overflowing because I'm filling other people's cups from the overflow a lot of us are filling from what little bit is left in our cup. And those are basically almost empty. And if we try to do that, it just doesn't really work. And nobody's satisfied with it because you're not filling other people's cups either because you just have these few drops left that you're kind of trying to fill other people's cups with. So really looking at, and how can I put little breaks in my day? And by that, I mean, five minutes, maybe after lunch, if if you're working somewhere in an office or something, take five minutes after your lunch break and go outside, get some natural light in your eyes, get some fresh air. Great. Maybe after work, when you pick up the kids, is there an idea, something I like to do or suggest to clients? Um, If you go to the, like, let's say you take them to the playground or something after school um, or after daycare, do something that I call a gratitude walk. So what you do is you actually pick things. You can do that by yourself, but I think it's fun with kids too. Um, And it teaches them that mindset. You just, everybody picks one, two, three things that they're grateful for in that day and tells them to the other people while you're walking to the playground. Um, And it gets everybody into this gratitude mindset. And why is gratitude so important? Because the moment we're grateful, we can experience fear. Like our brain can't hold both emotions at the same time. And this is something that works really well at night for people who have anxiety when they go to sleep. So if they have a gratitude practice, they can kind of push that fear away, but just generally calms the system because your body feels safe. It's like, oh, great. It's I'm actually, I'm good. The, the world's good. I'm safe. I'm, and it helps you calm down. And then that overall helps you have your stress hormones in check better and have your body process things. And, and those are just things that I think are super easy that people can start making a habit Um, and then that just, they're tiny things, but they make such a difference when it comes to your sleep. And I think a lot of people know these things that you can Google and they're all legitimate. Don't scroll on your phone at night at like 10, stay away from alcohol late at night. That isn't a great thing for sleep. Um, those kinds of things. But I think really these breaks during the day, the little islands of rest. Yeah. That is really something that, especially I think for us women are really, really important. Yeah. And, you know, you're definitely speaking my language here. That is, self-care is so important, but I love this tie-in to how those moments help you with your sleep, how they give you the rest that you need so that you can sleep. And it just speaks to, you know, this is something I've taught for many years now, how the importance of self-care but it just ties into the bigger picture. It, it it also goes to show it's not just this, you know, nice to do 
thing. It is crucial because sleep is crucial and it plays into that. It's part of the bigger picture of what, what we need to do to take care of ourselves. So I love that. Um, now the podcast is called mom's life made simple. And so I'd love to hear your thoughts on the, the connection between the two. How does better sleep that we're talking about this month really tie in to the idea of making mom life simple? To me, I think it's what I said in the beginning. It's this piece of emotional regulation. If you are not on edge, if you are resilient and you can handle all kinds of things that life throws at you, being it your kids throwing a temper tantrum, being it whatever else comes your way, if you can take that in process and let go and manage it rather than having to freak out, yell, worry, breakdown, whatever it is, you, you just have so much control over situations. And I think for that, you just really need that resilience. And that just, to me, foundationally comes from sleep. Yeah. Oh, so good. I love it. That is a huge tie-in and a huge piece to making mom life simple. I feel like this episode has been so eye-opening and you've just brought so many things to, you know, to ponder and to think about. And for those women who really think, you know, I think often, you know, in the culture, it's like, oh, I'll sleep when I'm dead. Oh, sleep isn't that important. I'll put it off. There are better things to do than sleep. But the more we can recognize the importance of sleep, you know, the more we're going to see how it imp impacts everything that we do. I would love for you to share, uh, you know, if people are struggling with this how you can help and where they can get more information from you. Yeah. So yeah, I mainly work with women um, and you can find me at sleeplikeaboss.com. Um, and so, but I do basically, I, I look at everything. I look at the body. I look at your hormones, your gut, your minerals, your heavy metals, your thyroid. Mm. What are things that might be stressing your body that keep you from sleeping and that mental mindfulness piece. Because, yeah, is there stress every day? Yes. Um, but is it physical? Is it mental? Where is it coming from? How can we lower a lot of these stressors to get the body in a safe place to sleep? And, uh, yeah, always reach out. Um, I always love to just connect with people and talk to them and see um, how I can help. Perfect. Okay. We will link to that. And then I would love for you to share for the giveaway. So as you all know, with each month, as we do the challenge, there's a giveaway that you can enter and Annika, tell us what you're, what you're giving away as part of yeah. that. Yeah. And this is something actually really special because I normally don't do that. Um, I normally just work with people inside my program. So you yeah. can win a one hour sleep strategy session with me and what we would do is we would look at what are your sleep struggles and then we'll go through certain aspects of what you're currently doing in your life and see how are those things actually helping or hindering. And then we're going to make a plan to see how you can improve that. Oh, I imagine there are so many people listening right now that are like, yes, I want that. <laughs> yeah. Thank you for giving that away. Everyone, you can enter if you haven't already by going to chanelnielsen.com forward slash enter the challenge. They're hyphenated. So it's enter dash the dash challenge. And you can enter there. If you already entered in January, you'll want to enter again for February. So it starts all over each month. So check that out. Annika, thank you for being here. Thank you for sharing with us today. I appreciate it so much. 
You're so welcome. Awesome. And thank you everyone for listening to Mom's Life Made Simple. Thank you for listening to Mom's Life Made Simple. I'm so glad that you're here and I want you to join us for the 2023 Self-Care Challenge. Each month, we will be diving into a different area of simple self-care, learning how to create habits that allow you to make time for yourself. So to join the challenge, go to chanelnielsen.com forward slash self-care 2023. When you join, you'll get access to free downloads that help you to create and track your new habits, as well as a link to the community so that you can discuss and win prizes that the guests are sharing on the podcast. I'm so excited for you to make self-care part of your year in 2023.